Let's look at two passages of scripture. One is in Daniel. The other one is in Revelation. These are two individuals that God used to show them the judgment seat of Christ, what it would look like. So the first one is Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, 9 through 10. He's in this visionary experience and the Lord is showing him the future. He said, I watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair like the purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him and many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were open. (laughs) And when you read that, it then goes into some other things. And so, you know, a couple of things that I want you to uh, notice here is that there have men, men in the past and in the current day who the Lord has allowed them to see this. But they all say that they do not have the mentality, the intellect, the engineering, nor the technology, nor the tools to be able to come back and accurately show what show mankind what it looks like. You know, and so, you know, they had I've had them download a picture here. You see here a picture. And this is just some simple rendition of uh, of God standing before the throne. I guess the picture is not working. So, well, <laughs> um, kind of hard to see. But um, but these scrolls and, and there are books that are opened and uh, and these books have to do with your personal life. Now, this right here is just a small rendition. Anything that has been seen on the other side had to be drawn down to scale. But many a times what they saw was the size of the entire planet. Okay. And so uh, and it says that millions of angels were just ministering to him. You have ever seen a, a bride at a wedding? She has a few attendants that are helping her with her clothes. Let me make sure. OK, for 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 God to look tight. He has to have millions of angels that just ministered to him. And then he said that there were millions upon top of millions of other angels who were there to attend to his needs. So this scene before the throne is beyond glorious. Okay? Let's look at Revelation uh, 20, verse 11, 15, 11 through 15. John seeming, seemingly picks up with a little bit more of the story. And the Lord showed him the same scenario. He said, and I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky tried to flee from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead and death and grave gave up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds. Let me help you understand. I don't want to get in depth about this today. What he's saying is every single person that had died from the beginning of time, they were resurrected. So there have been people who have died in the sea by drowning boats, wars. There have been thousands of men that have died because of wars. They died in the sea. Um, And then when he noticed, he said the sea death and the grave. So there are some people who have died in waters. There are some people who have died in alleys, 
airplane crashes. There are some people that have been murdered and are in the woods. Y'all get my point. There are a lot of skeletons and bones. People have died and been vaporized. Seems like they're vaporized. They're not vaporized. And then you have people that they got what we call a proper burial in the grave. So he said all three scenarios, the sea, people that have died in many different parts of the planet, including the wilderness and the forest, as well as those in the grave, everybody was conjured up and stood before God at the same time. This helps you understand why they need billions of angels to attend to God over this one scenario. Okay? So the sea gave up its dead. Death and the grave gave up their dead. All were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. There are two types of death. You have physical, you have spiritual. Physical death simply means your body stops working and the real you comes out of your body. The second death or spiritual death is you are separated from God and now you must live in darkness forever. That's what it means by the second death. You died physically, now you're getting ready to die a second time. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now I wanted to bring up a couple of things here. Because this scenario is actually, when, when, you, when we all stand before God and you're in this scenario, it is both mesmerizing, m- wonderful, beautiful, and it is full of terror and it is horrific at the same time. Okay, the scripture says God is both wonderful and terrible. This is not a good scenario. This is not of, oh, we can't wait until the judgment day. This is, can you hold this off a little bit more time? I want you to imagine every single person that has ever been born since the beginning of time. And all of us are all at the throne of God at the same time. Okay? Now, this lets you also know how big God's throne is. This is what I mean by we cannot draw these things down to size. Men can see it. When you go into the spiritual realm, there is no limit. On your intellect, your memory, your eyesight, you can see something 500 million miles long. You can actually see it when you come back to Earth. You got to then try to draw this down to scale. Okay, so you got all of these individuals that are standing before the throne of God. And then when we're all standing there, this is a very glorious scene. Throw up a picture of that angel. This is this is a very mundane picture of an angel. That's what some of those beings look like. And that's just a very, very simple one. You remember the angel that appeared to Daniel in chapter 10. It says when he saw it, he instantly fell into a coma because his intellect could not handle that level. Now, imagine millions of these dudes around the throne. And the reason why the scripture uses millions is because when it was written, the word billion and trillion did did not exist. So they'll say millions upon millions upon millions because they didn't have the terminology for billions and trillions or maybe more than that. Like I said, God created angels for the universe, not just planet Earth. That's why so many of them. Bible says one third of them fail and were tricked by Satan. So you have this scenario and it's very, very horrific because then books are open. Books are open. And the scripture says that the individuals that are not found in the master book. The book of life, uh, they are thrown immediately into the lake of fire. Okay, so this they, you are you are not uh, allowed to say last words like they do in the courts in planet Earth. You're not allowed to see and talk to your family members who are in heaven and say, this is the last time I'm going to see you forever. 
Okay, you're not allowed. You're not given your favorite meal. You're not allowed to read a particular book or have a, a particular experience. The moment they open that book and your name is not there, an angel will grab you. They will not walk you to hell. They will not have a conversation to hell. They literally take you and throw you in because that's their level of disrespect to folk who don't belong to God. You are trash at that moment. Okay. Now I know this is very very horrific, but let me tell you something about the eternal realm. The eternal realm, God said something to me that was so powerful and it shook me. He said, in the eternal realm, there is no forgiveness, there is no mercy, and there is no grace. It does not exist. Now, that seems strange at first, but when I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, in the eternal realm, there is no forgiveness, there is no grace, there is no mercy, and there is no time. God created this realm so that if you messed up, then they could extend mercy because God's mercy to you was giving you more time. Okay, they could extend forgiveness. Do you, you ever wonder why when Satan messed up in the eternal realm, there was instant judgment and no forgiveness? No forgiveness for the angels that fail. And some of the angels were actually tricked. In the book of Enoch, it says angels came to mankind and said that when Satan did this, he tricked us into following him. One guy said, I was just with him and still got caught up in the mess. It's getting into all the deeper stuff. Okay. So there is no grace and there is no mercy. And so you've heard me say that when you step into eternity, however you step in, nothing can change. Your mentality cannot change. Your works cannot change. And, and, and so that, that this is the reason why there's a spirit upon the world right now that because God is so merciful in the time realm, he extends grace to you in this realm. He forgives you so many times. He said, I will forgive you. He told the disciples, you know, 70 times seven, forgive unlimited. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. God said, if you sin, I will forgive you and cleanse you from how much? All unrighteousness. How many of you have sinned and made the same mistake over and over and over and over again? We didn't exercise faith. We did not trust God. We got mad at him and he still brought you out. So the danger in that is that's how he operates in this realm. In this realm, things can be manipulated. In this realm, things can be changed. In this realm, things can be canceled. In this realm, things can be forgiven. And this thing, in this realm, the laws can be bended and broken, overcome. For example, you have the law of gravity. The law of gravity says what must go up must come down. Throw something that come down. Gravity is a force that was created for God by God in this realm. Leave this realm, gravity does not work because it doesn't exist. Y'all yes. got me? Right. And so God created gravity for this realm, but the laws that he created for this realm, some of them can be bent, some of them can be broken. I sound like Morpheus, don't I? Okay, so there's another law called the law of lift. If you institute the law of lift, it can override the law of gravity. That does not work in the eternal realm. In the eternal realm, everything is rigid. It's the same. It does not change. It cannot be bent. It cannot be broken. It cannot be overwritten. There is no forgiveness. There is no grace. There is nothing. When you enter that realm, however you enter is how you stay. So that's why there are so many people in the world, including some Christians, who think that because God's mercy and forgiveness and grace is so strong in this realm, they believe that when they stand before God, 
he's going to institute the same forgiveness and the same grace and the same mercy. But they don't understand because they don't read the Bible. And some people don't even believe and understand this. They don't understand. You entered into a realm where nothing changes. When you go into it, however you went in, that's it. Only thing now is to be judged. It's rigid. I mean, it's, it, it's unbreakable. Um, it's very, very tense. I mean, it's, this, there is no gray areas. It's black. It's white. It's either you right or you wrong. You're either for me or against me. Remember what Jesus said in scripture? He said, because sometimes people try to play the gray area. Jesus said, if you are not for me alone, you are automatically against me. Well, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic. You're against me. Well, I believe there's other, other ways to heaven. You are against me. Um, I don't really know if it's one God or multiple. You are against me until you accept me. So, so and the planet doesn't know this. And so it's and, and so that's the reason why there's some people that are duped into thinking that, well, you know, God has forgiven me so much on this side. But they don't know that the other side doesn't operate like this side. It's rigid. It's set in stone. When you enter that realm and you stand before God, Lord, you, can, you know, some people are going to say, Lord, your forgiveness. Your, remember that scene in scripture where it says, Lord, Lord, we, we casted out demons in your name and, and we did this. You know what they're saying? Well, Lord, how come you won't forgive us now? You forgave us on planet Earth. He goes, I don't even know you because in this realm, if you operate that way, we don't even. That's how rigid that y'all. Whew. I, you know what? I sat out of my mouth when I was studying this. I am not going into this scenario where you stand before the throne. Put up that picture of the girl. Um, and, and this, Rod, this is a, see, I'm showing you something that your imagination can actually handle right now. But in real life, you couldn't handle a scenario where you were thrown into something like that. In real life. Put up the other picture. It's, I know it's a little grainy because we found the images at the last minute. Put up the other picture of the throne. In the book of Revelation, I think it's Ezekiel, he talks about God's throne sitting on these wheels. And it said the wheels were, and this is a terrible rendition of it. He said they were wheels within wheels. And he said the wheels made the throne move. And, and he said, you know remember what the scripture says? Can you imagine standing before God and rivers of fire are pouring out of him? And it didn't even say him, out of his presence. That's what the scripture said. Okay. And so, so again, now imagine something like that, that is the size of the universe. You're going to be standing. Now, this is terrible. This is absolutely horrendous. But you're going to be standing in front of something like that with millions of other people. Do you actually think this is going to be a joyous occasion? How many know if you have never experienced fear and nervousness in your life, multiply and time a million. I said to myself, I'm not going into this scenario. Okay. I mean, one guy. I mean, there are lots of men that the Lord has caught up there. One guy said that the angel took him to hell first, took him to the borders of heaven. And he said that um, people were entering heaven. And, and, and he was like, man, this is wonderful. And the angel told him, yes, it is. He said, unfortunately, he said, for every 50 people that enter heaven, he said, a thousand go to hell. And that God's servants were not telling them the truth and warning people about that realm. Y'all, the last time I checked, I haven't created anything. The only reason why, everything that you know, you got from someone else. Your name, you believe you're a particular race because society told you that. Okay, everything that you have, you got it from someone else. You might have a PhD, but you learned that by reading information that was written by other people. So we have created nothing. God created everything and we somehow think that we're going to stand before him and he's going to change his mind because the Bible says if God changed one jot or tittle of his word, everything will disappear. 
God is not about to change his mind because you lived raggedy and it's too late. I'm going to say this again. That realm is very, very violent. It has no mercy. It has no grace concerning people that entered it the wrong way. Zero. They said, now this helps you understand why Satan, when, when Satan turned against God, there was no forgiveness for him. God instantly said, you will burn forever. No judge, I mean, no, it was an instant judgment. No mercy, no grace, no, well, you were deceived, and, and the guys that are with you, they were deceived, and we're going to give you a second chance. None of that. If God is the same, mm. So I told myself, I'm not going in that, let me tell you something. Ophelia Turnbow is not going into that judgment stone scenario mistreating his wife. I'm not going in that scenario, not raising my children and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I'm not going into that scenario doing stupid stuff when I'm supposed to be a steward and don't live holy concerning God, which God entrusted to me. I'm not going in that scenario as a non-tither. I'm not going in that scenario living in sin. I'm not going in that scenario with unforgiveness in my heart. I'm trying to go in that scenario like Jesus. Because when you go into it, nothing changes. There is no mercy. They only judge you for what you did on planet Earth when you had time to change. When you had time to forgiveness, we kept telling you over and over and over and it got on your nerves. And I know there are some people, even in my church, as glorious and wonderful as it is, there are some people I get on their last nerve saying the same thing over and over again. And me telling you the same thing over and over again is God's mercy in this realm called time. Because when you step in, there will be no more mercy. You will only be judged for the fact that you heard the same thing over and over and over again and you still didn't change. Okay. I'm not going up there looking crazy. I don't care nothing about pastor, no church. I'm not trying to step foot in that scenario. And when I get up there, the angels start pulling out paper towels and napkins. Here, dog, you're going to need this dude because you're about to be on the shame show. I want to show up and they start smiling. Oh, we remember you. The eternal realm is cutthroat. That's exactly what the Holy Ghost said. He said it's cutthroat. Nothing changes. You can cry. You can beg. You can say, Father, all of my family members in heaven, mm -hmm, it's because of the decision they made in the arena called time. You didn't make that decision. And when you come into this realm, whatever the decisions you made in the atmosphere called time sticks. This is the harder one. So the eternal realm is cutthroat, rigid, unbendable. It cannot be manipulated. There is no forgiveness, grace, or mercy in the eternal realm. Only judgment and reward for what you did in the known realm, the fake realm, the limited realm, the realm that only had a certain amount of time. Y'all, time is something that God created in case Adam messed up. That's the reason why he created it. And that's the reason why he put a time limit on it. That's why the Bible says, don't be ignorant of this one thing. One day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a what? Day. We created a lease. And during this period of time, if Adam mess up, it'll give us the ability. Watch this. This is going to seem strange to break the rules of the eternal realm and be able to work with you so that your judgment won't be set in stone. If you make one mistake, Satan made one mistake and his judgment was set forever. 
one mistake. Because in that realm, there is no changing anything. If you mess up, that's it. No forgiveness. Because God created that realm. That's the realm where he is. And he says, I change not. I can't change. So he had to he had to create a realm where he could change some things that are not in the eternal realm. Y'all with me? All right. The most absolute important thing in your life is eternity. And most are not prepared for it. Many Christians think that they are prepared because they have accepted the Lord. But accepting Jesus only allows you to enter the door. John 10, 7 through 9. Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them because I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastors. Notice Jesus said, I am the what? I am the what? One more time. I am the what? He did not say I am one of many doors. He said, I'm the only way in. So, again, you got all of these doctrines of devils that are popping up around the planet. And then you got a couple. Well, you know, there are many pathways to God. No, it's not. If there are many pathways to God, don't you think it's real stupid for Jesus to die? How many are you going to die for a relative if all you had to do was pay $500 to get him out? That don't make no sense for you to kill yourself and die when there are several other ways. There are many other ways. And Jesus is going to come to the planet, leave his throne in glory, be crucified so bad. The Bible says you could not recognize he was a man. He then went to hell over a three day period and suffered torments that if you experience it for three seconds, you go crazy for the rest of your life. He's going to do that. And there's another way. My favorite one is, well, you know. There are many different truths. No, that's statements from ignorant people who don't want to accept the truth. It's not many different truths. You know, the Bible can be interpreted many different ways. No, it can't. It's only one interpretation because it's only one author. If I go to Subway, can I help you, sir? Yes. I'd like a submarine on wheat bread, six inches, turkey, lettuce, tomato, hold the pickles. That can only be interpreted one way. That doesn't mean, well, you know, I don't think pickles are really good for you. You know, you're looking a little cheesy there, so I don't think you should have that. So we're going to put onions on there instead. That does not mean, well, we ran out of turkey, so we're going to include, we're going to put ham. You, you, you can only be, that can only be interpreted one way. But see, for people that don't want to listen to what you say, then they try to make it seem like you crazy. You ever order something wrong? Y'all, let me tell you something. I went, I got to share this. One of the few times I went to the movies by myself. Okay, my, my wife was doing something. I'm going to the movies. And so I decided to get, I didn't really know what to order. Normally I don't get pizza at the movies, you know. But this time I was just, I don't know what mode I was in. And I looked up there and they had these little small pizzas for like, it was like $3 and whatever. I mean, these, these, I mean, these are like something you put in your hand, you know. This is like, you know, hors d'oeuvres or horse to hers if you're from the ghetto. So I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm going to take one of those pizzas. And the movie was getting ready to start. I said, how long does this take? She said, oh, she said, it'll be about three minutes. I said, okay, I'll wait. So she said, she rang it up. She said, that'll be $35. <laughs> I was like, 
I said, I looked at her. I said, $35? I said, but watch this. I said, I'm looking at the menu, ma'am, and the pizza that I ordered is only $3. She said, yeah, we ran out of those, so I charged you for the other one. I was like, Lord, this can't be happening. This might be a sign that I'm not supposed to go to the movies. I'm supposed to go back home. Because I know this chick did not sit up here and tell me she's going to charge me for a whole pizza like at Little Caesars and charge me $35 for it. I looked at her right in her eyes. I said, why would you do something like that? The girl just looked at me and stared. And it was a staring contest. And I was just like, this girl is really crazy. And I said, ma'am, Cancel this. Give me my card back. You know, and I, I really should have said something to the manager, but I'm Mr. Nice Guy all the time. And, and but I asked her, I said, why would you charge me 30 extra dollars for something I didn't ask for? She just looked at me. And so by this time, you know, stuff is running through my mind like, oh, this is Dumbbell Jr. She don't even know what her daddy's name is. That's somebody who took what I said and then twisted it. Now see how goofy that example is? That's just how goofy it looks to God when you tell him there's another way. That's just how goofy it looks to God when he says, don't cheat on your wife. And then you get up, y'all, you got these raggedy, I'm gonna make sure this, I'm gonna, I just realized I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at both cameras in case they switch them. Y'all, you got these raggedy pastors, and I'm going to make, you are raggedy, you are tired, you are outdated. God does not know your name. If you stand up and say, the Lord told me that I'm supposed to marry the bimbo secretary. I told you about the one guy that a uh, pastor was doing that stuff, and, and that's how this guy joined here. He said the Lord gave him a vision. It was a big old penis sitting on top of the church. God ain't nervous. We are. How many know if you go to a church (laughs) and you have a dream or a vision, there's a great big old dingling sitting on top of the church. You might want to get out that church. Pray for me, Sister Savage. I'm just letting you know. God is trying to tell you something. Yeah, he's trying to tell you something for real. Gotta go. I'm just keeping it real. God keeps it a whole lot more real than we do, y'all. God is not nervous. We are. God, as some, how many of y'all know, some of y'all have had some crazy dreams. You woke up from that dream, you're like, ooh, I'm a heathen. I need to go talk to Aunt Esther, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, everybody, because this right here is crazy. I had some stuff in my dream. I'm just like, what? Because God is not nervous. God created everything, and he will use everything to get your attention. I told you Wednesday night about the dream I just had. And a little small chihuahua dog, my wedding ring came off, rolled on the porch to the dog as I was walking down the street. And, 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 and the dog looked at me. He saw me coming. He looked at that ring. I said, don't do it. I'm walking toward the dog. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. And so the dog then went and, and real fast, he grabbed my wedding ring, put it in his mouth. And it's a staring contest again. I'm looking at the dog. Don't you, don't you do it. And he's just looking at me. He wasn't even smiling. You know, I mean, not the dog smile, but I get my point. I said, don't do it. Don't do it. The dog did just like this. 
swallowed it and defied. See, that stuff cats do. Dogs don't do stuff like that. I don't know what the dream means. It was part of a other context, so don't try to give me an interpretation. I do know that it has to do with a female. Usually when the Lord is warning me about a female, I'll get a, I'll get a dream about a small little dog. And this particular dog was female because after he, she swallowed my ring, I scooped the dog up, and she had nipples on the bottom to let me know she was female. The Lord wanted me to know that in the dream. The Lord always warns me, somebody crazy coming. Not you. I mean, I'm, you know, you got to be careful. <laughs> Y'all, let me say something. When I make certain statements and I say something crazy coming, I'm not, I just happen to put the inflection on the word and happen to look at you. <laughs> Man, I'm serious. Because that's happened to people in other places. I got to be careful. So if I look at you and put emphasis on the word, I wasn't talking about you. Okay. So. People think that because they accepted the Lord, yes, that gets you in the door. And if you live in the lowest part of heaven, you will be happy and dissatisfied at the same time. Yes. You know, and um, because you don't know how that realm operates. It's, it, and people think that, well, I accepted the Lord and I can get away with being lazy and raggedy and this and this and this. It's just not, it's not like that, y'all. When you stand before this scenario, you're talking about God, the ancient of days. The one who created time because it didn't exist. The one who has always lived forever. And I still don't get that. I don't get how did you just always exist? Because in our realm, all we know is something has to be created. But like, you know, minister, I said, we serve the uncreated one. He never started. And you got to stand before that and all of his personal attendance. I mean, one angel made a man go into a coma. Now you're standing in front of millions of them. We're not even talking about the Bible. The Bible talks about the creatures that are at God's throne that are beyond the normal creatures here. I mean, some creatures have six wings and it says two of them, they cover their face. Two of them, they cover their feet and the other two, they fly around. And their only job for eternity is to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's their only job and satisfied with it. Because that's how extreme that place is. The Bible says that there are creatures on God's throne that has, they have four faces. It says one is the face like a man. It says this side is the face like an ox. This side is like the face of a lion. And this side is like the face of an eagle. You standing there in the midst of all of this, you're going to think about every single thing that you see. And that's the sad part, y'all, is in the eternal realm, there are no limitations. There are no limitations on your ears, your eyes, your intellect, your mental capacity. The Bible makes it clear that your body is a prison to hold everything in check. And when Adam died, that's why Adam and Eve didn't know that they were naked, because they were living from their spirit man, not their body. I know I'm getting a little bit heavier for a moment. I'm trying to get them back. And so, so, and so that's why they, it, it wasn't that, it wasn't that when Adam and Eve sinned, they saw that they were naked and they were ashamed because of how they looked. It was that they knew something had left and now they could really see each other so they know they had messed up. That's why they were ashamed. Adam and Eve had perfect bodies. So I can guarantee you, it wasn't nothing to be ashamed about. Y'all know what I'm saying? I had to be very, very careful today, boy. Y'all, y'all trying to pull me back in ever since that last statement. You're not going to get me. First Peter, so I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. And view of all of this, Make every effort to respond to God's promises. 
Supplement your faith, because everybody talks about faith. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Living right, living clean, being a person of your word, being on time, operating in integrity. Moral excellence with knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. You should be constantly learning. Your education didn't stop when you got your GED, high school diploma, associate's degree, bachelor's, Ph.D., doctorate. That just started. And depending on what you got it in, you might be still just as ignorant as somebody who started eighth grade. You should be always increasing in knowledge, particularly in the field. Knowledge of God and knowledge of what in the field that he called you to. Getting better. Whatever field God has called you to, you're supposed to be on top, not the bottom. He sent you in there to take over, not be a part. Add to knowledge, self-control in verse 6. How many know? Some of us need self-control when it comes to eating. Some of us need self-control when it comes to drinking. Some of us need self-control when it comes to driving. Some of us need self-control when it comes to running our mouth and interrupting people while they're talking. Some of us need self-control. I think the list goes on and on. I mean... Everybody raise your hand if you know you need self-control in some particular area. Okay, if you don't have your hand listed, it's because you need self-control when it comes to lying. (laughs) There it is, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Let's fall out in that right now. I feel his presence in this place. Bam! Adding self-control, patient endurance. We, first of all, don't want to endure through anything. Now I got to have patience through this thing? I'm going somewhere with this. Patience, endurance, godliness or God likeness or what would God do if he was you how many know never mind I can just put my hand down right now start to lift it up again but with godliness brotherly affection just being nice to people and brotherly affection with love for everyone not just the people that you like. Love for everyone. Not just the people that you like. Say that again. Love for everyone. Not just the people that you like. Since this will be one of the videos that's going up, I'll make it again. What the Holy Spirit said to me very clearly. There are many people that are going to lose their salvation over Donald Trump. Let me add this. I didn't plan on add this because I'm almost done. There's something that the Holy Spirit reminded me of the day before yesterday. He said, this generation has forgotten that they are dealing with the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist, and this is exactly how I explained it. The spirit of the Antichrist is against all things concerning Christ. So not only is it, it's not the spirit of the Antichrist is not just against Christians, It is also against anything that God is doing in any single area. If God uses a sinner to accomplish his will, the Antichrist spirit will be against the sinner because Christ is using the sinner. The Antichrist spirit is against all things that have to do with Christ, his appointments and his decisions. I'm going to give you a little head start. Read Psalm 72 later on. That is the entire chapter is instructions on how, to, how you're supposed to pray for a president or a king. Let me tell you something, y'all. You're blind, crippled, and crazy. You might want to question your salvation when you say, I don't care what you tell me. I refuse to pray for this president. Now, you remember that 
when you stand before God. Now, God said in my word, I told you how to carry yourself with all presidents, whether you like them or not, because the truth be told, don't none of you in this room know what nobody is doing in your household, let alone in the White House. All you know is what CNN tells you or Fox News or whoever else raggedy outlets trying to sit up there and manipulate the whole thing. Okay, he said, do. And this is the sad part. You know what? The Bible says when it comes to prayer, it says what good thing you do for another, the same shall you receive of the Lord. So when you the Bible said to pray for your enemies and you won't pray for those that are in authority. When you read Psalm 72 and see what is supposed to be prayed over a leader, you're going to faint. And everything that you refuse to pray over that leader, God says, well, since you refuse to pray that over the leader, then we refuse to give you anything that's in that chapter or what you want. Cutthroat. I need to create a teaching called cutthroat. <laughs> All right, we're verse man. Let's verse seven. Godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard. How, no, I started to say how hard? Hard. <laughs> work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Verse 11 is my point. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So everything I just read just determines how you walk in. Come on, man. And see, some of y'all, I know you want to be be on Catholic and Presbyterian and everything and all that. But how many of y'all used to go to the club? If the club opened at eight, you showed up at one in the morning. Now, I was one of the few fools that showed up when the club opened. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> uh, I didn't care. <laughs> I'm serious. If it opened at 8, I was pretty much there at 8.15. Okay. But, but how many of you have been to a party or a scenario and, and some of the ladies, hey, it was Friday night. You took half your paycheck and went and got you some fancy dress because your girlfriend told you about some party that was supposed to be owning, popping and movie stars and NBA players and all of this that stuff. Oh, there's going to be some pimps and some players there. All that type of stuff. Girl, it's on and popping at night. You went out to spend half your paycheck on a dress and some shoes, got your hair dyed, laid to the side. Why? And then they told you the party started at nine. Here y'all come with your entourage at 1230 in the morning. Trying to walk sexy. The brothers come in at 12.30 in the morning. They come in. Don't nobody know you like that, man. Put your fingers down. Hey? Why? People like that. We like to make entrances, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you see the red carpet when it comes to the Grammys and all those things. I mean, it's, it's an entrance. And God said, depending on how you carry yourself in those before-mentioned items will determine just your entrance. That's just one of the scriptures that determines the entrance. If that determines the entrance, then what determines how I live for eternity? Let me tell y'all something. How many of you know if God is going to give you a glorious entrance, how you, I mean, you know, oh, this is about to be an entrance of all entrances right here. This is about to be, ooh, 
before. You ain't heard no music and no balloons popping off and rocket ships and, you know, sometimes, you, you know, fireworks. Mm-mm. What can, what, look. I don't want to, see, y'all, let me tell you something, y'all. There's some people that when you enter in, there's going to be a line of angels, a million on each side with trumpets. Because, the, because how you carry yourself in life will determine the entrance. I am not trying to step forward into the gates and then all the, trumpet, all the trumpeters and the, and, the, and the, everybody just put the horns down. Well, <laughs> I get up there and I'm thinking I'm getting my grand reward because I was the greatest pastor of all time. I get up there and there's one angel. He does this. Boop. That's it, dog. That's the entrance. I don't want to see the rest. I don't want to see the rest. If that's the entrance, boop, that's it. Nope, that's it. That's all you did. No, no, no. You can have that. You can have that. Do you see how disciplined the kingdom of God is? When all of that stuff that you're supposed to practice in this realm will determine your entrance. And if you didn't do those things, it doesn't matter what type of entrance you want. We're going to give you an entrance based on how you carried yourself in the realm called time. And it's very unfortunate because most of what you see in churches today has very little, if any, in eternal significance. Most. Last thing. Most common question that people have asked is about their purpose in life. And I was confused about this for a great many years, and I'm not blaming any pastor, but I always heard pastors equating purpose to what you do in the church. You know, if, if, if you see they're a pastor, and many a times because he's a pastor, they equate purpose with, with the fivefold. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe if it's someone more developed, then they'll talk about business, you know, or you could be called to be a doctor or a lawyer and, and or you could be called to be an auto mechanic or airplane pilot, et cetera, et cetera. But, but that's not the majority of the employment. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So people for years have wondered, what is my purpose? Right. And the reason why the body of Christ missed it, of course, because the leaders didn't teach it, is because... Your purpose was supposed to be based on doing things for eternity. Amen. That's the reason why we missed it. As I'm going to read a statement that Jesus shared with Rejoiner. The answer is, is that we are to see him referring to Jesus. The purpose in life is to see Jesus, know Jesus, love Jesus, become like Jesus, and then reveal Jesus to your world. This is the purpose for training you to work with and serve Jesus and work alongside him for eternity. So what you do, see, the old folks said it this way. Only what you do for Christ will what? Last. They didn't know how to be all deep with all this revelation and insight and visionaries and all that type of stuff. But they knew it on the inside. So they would just say, child, only what you do for Christ will last. Because they understood it is what you do for the Lord in the realm called time where things can be bent, manipulated, shifted, overwritten. It is why you have time to change, why you have time to hear a message and get it right. It is what you do during this period of time that will determine your employment forever. 
The answer is that we are to know Jesus. We are here to see Jesus, know Jesus, love Jesus, become like Jesus, and then reveal him. See, with the disciples, they first saw him, then they got to know him, then they fell in love with him, they eventually became like him. And then he said, go out and know the world now, reveal who I am to everybody. Okay? You're supposed to do this on your job, in your business, at the gym, Okay. But what has happened, unfortunately, is that the devil has done a masterful job of Christianity is putting a Bible in your back seat to show everybody that you're a Christian when you're driving your car and playing some gospel music at work. And then make sure you go to church and give your money, find a place to serve. And then that's it. And then that's why you have so many people sometimes in the church that live so raggedy because they don't know what their true purpose is. Paul said it this way. My only purpose is to know him and his power. Scripture says it the other way. Seek the Lord and his strength. You see that Lord about it. You need to getting to know the Lord and getting to know the power that makes him operate. Those two things. Because getting to know the power will give you the ability to live right. Getting to know the power will give you the ability to evangelize. Getting to know the power will give you the ability to operate in the gifts of the spirit. Getting to know the power will help you. Never mind. Proverbs 25 two. Read these three scriptures, and then we're going to pray. Sorry, four scriptures. So I'm just opening this up because next week we'll actually get over into the seven things that are needed in order to make sure that you build a mansion in heaven. It's a lot of scriptures, y'all, for the last 20 years that I have been looking at in the Bible. And you ever done that? You ever look at that scripture? And because you never heard anybody teach on it, you just kind of brush it away, but it bothers you. Lots of things that I saw in the Bible. You know, when I, when I read that God takes your tears and puts them in a bottle and then they record them in a book, I was like, what? And see, don't, when you read stuff like that, don't just brush past it. Now, now, if the Bible is true, that means every tear that comes out of my eye Y'all, y'all were put it in a bottle. So, well, who's putting it in a bottle? And where are they? Where's the bottle? Right next to you. You just can't see them. I mean, there were people that were weeping during the worship and everything. And I mean, I mean, I've always known that anytime you have a scenario like this, there are always more angels in the room than people. Always remember that. There are always more angels in the room than people because of the assignment that they have from heaven to collect data in the service. So you got one group of angels. Their sole responsibility is to collect all of the tears. Your tears don't just dissipate into the air. Okay, when they dissipate, they're actually dissipating into a bottle. So you got angels that all their job is doing a service or any other thing is to take your tears and put them in a bottle. They then got to carry that bottle to heaven. They pour the bottle on pages and they become words. Now, if it's that extreme over the tears, you see, 
So this crap that's being pushed out of a lot of pulpits is not helping people for eternity. It's because most of what's being preached is how to have a good life, how to survive, won't he do it, how to make it today. And, 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 but when you read the Bible, it talks about suffering and persecution and going through stuff. Just when it comes to persecution, the Bible says about persecution, don't cry and don't pray. It says when they persecute you, you know what it says? It literally says, jump up and down, leap for joy and shout because great is your reward in heaven. They tell you to shout now because when you see what we set aside for you, you're going to shout then. So trust us and shout now. Yet by their crisis taught to run from persecution or if you're being persecuted, it must be because you did something wrong. That's where I come from. It must be because you did something wrong. I've been telling people a lot this the last couple of months. If you know the devil is attacking you, straighten up your attitude because you know where the attack is coming from. If you know he's attacking to you, don't walk around depressed. The devil's attacking me. Well, if you know where it's coming from and you know he's a liar and you know he's after your destiny and God is going to punch him in the eye, then rejoice. Be happy that you're worthy to be attacked because they don't attack folk. That's not a threat. They leave low-level Christians alone. You don't threaten us at all. I'm making sure these fools know my name. Forever. Proverbs 25.2. It's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. God has hidden things. Okay. God has hidden things not from you but for you. It's like an Easter egg hunt. If you search, what does scripture say? You shall find. If you knock... We will open. If you ask, we will give. So make sure you keep doing all three because it's an Easter egg hunt. Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live right. So living right ain't seeking the kingdom. It's two separate things. Seek the kingdom and live right. You got some people seeking the kingdom and they live in raggedy. You got others living clean, but they don't seek the kingdom. They say you got to do both. Because doing both of those is how you get to know him and his power. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. This is what we'll pick up next week. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Why would they ask us to set our emotions and our sights on what is real in heaven if they never planned on revealing it to you? Where Christ sits in the place of honor. At God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So this right here is a fake life. Think about that. That's why God allows us to go through stuff because it's fake. It's like a trial run. It's not even real. It's just a probationary period to determine certain things forever. But we give you enough power to walk in victory during the fake life. Because during the fake, since it's fake, ah, since it's fake, we can allow you to have time and turn and turn again because it's not really real. Because it's fake. Since it's fake, we can give you chance after chance. Since it's fake, you can mess it up and we'll give you another chance since it's fake. Since it's fake, we know you got a divorce, but we'll let you get married again. Since it's fake, 
you, had, you, you might have had an abortion, but we'll still let you have children. Since it's fake, you might have messed up your last ministry, but we're going to give you another since it's fake. Because when it's fake, we can give you another chance. But when it's real, it stops. Ah, Jesus, come on. Man, fake versus real. That's why the Lord's mercy is so strong because it's fake. That's why he keeps giving you chance after chance. He, he, we just read, he said your real life is in heaven. So if that one is real, this one can't be real. You can't have two different reals. If that one is real, this one is fake. But in the real one, you can't make no mistakes. We let you make the mistakes in the fake realm. So you can learn from your mistakes. Ah, and get it right. Because you got to get it right on that realm. Because when you enter it, we can't give you another chance. Jeremiah 33, last one. This is what the Lord says. This should be your prayer every day. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Jeremiah 33, 3 in the Amplified says this. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish or recognize, have knowledge of and understand. That's a lifetime journey. So there are going to be people that are going to think that, you know, I'm arrogant and that's all right. I met with a pastor this week. Another pastor reached out to me. He's getting ready to open up a church. And he said, man, I was praying. And he said, your name is the only one that kept popping up in my spirit. So we met this week. And I told him, I said, look, man, anything God called you to do is never supposed to fail. And because God has called you to do it during this period of time, it's not supposed to look like anything that's happened in the past. And I said, you have a right to be a general. Because <laughs> right now, this, this religious culture that has been created wants to stump us down and say, you, well, I understand you're a prophet, but you can only go this far. I understand you caught the deliverance, but you can only do it this way. I understand you got a singing gift, but make sure you keep it in here. Don't go out there. Yeah. Everything was, is within four walls. That's why we're changing that. We want to sign up sheep at the end of the service. We are changing that, y'all. Bible said, go into where? All the world. And as soon as the church goes into the world, then other church folks say we're worldly because we went into the world. Right. Well, you know, if you go into the world, you know, you, you could get corrupted by sin. Well, last time I checked, people getting corrupted by sin staying in the four walls. Sometimes that's the reason why they're getting corrupted by sin, because they ain't doing nothing. What is that they say about the mind? A lazy mind is the devil's workshop. Yeah, lazy Christians with them four walls make the level. You just be thinking up stuff. You know why? Because you ain't out there doing nothing. Y'all, quit being worried about what you could, what could and could not happen. Well, you know, I'm working amongst the sinners. And Jesus was with them every single day and didn't get corrupted. Then you got people that they never around the sinners and they turned into Satan. So that needs to be prepared. So I just gave an opening up. Okay. I might have went on my 25 minutes, but that's all right. I'm not my usual hour and a half. (laughs) But I gave that as an opening because next week is when we'll start about just the seven things you got to do just to live high in heaven. Let me tell you all something. Be grateful that you are hearing this before you die. Now, let me say something also. There are some people that are given grace in this realm 
because of their scenarios and situations, they will have never heard this. Had they heard, remember what Jesus told the religious people in his day? He said, if Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah was a city where every man and boy was a homosexual. And you remember what Jesus told the religious people? He said, if Sodom and Gomorrah would have heard and seen what I did, they would have repented. He said, therefore, in the judgment, he said, they're going to really, really talk about you like a dog. It's very interesting about this. Who's going to be judging who? A lot of the judgment at the throne of God, God won't be saying a word. The Bible says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Okay, so how many of y'all excited about hearing this? Because you're getting ready to hear what you can do every single day. Y'all, that's not life worth living. When you know, you mean to tell me this little thing that I do? I mean, that was amazing that passage of scripture said, just all of this when it comes to your character will determine your entrance into heaven. I know Terry want a whole party. I know <laughs> Terry, <laughs> Terry will turn any scenario into a club. I said, Terry, get to moving. Y'all, you don't want that boop. <laughs> or worse, a moment of silence. This also tells you all that the system in heaven is not based on equality. The equality was in planet Earth. All you got, a ch- all of you had a chance to do the right thing. On the other side, there is no equality. It's based on what you did in the arena called time. So let's go ahead and stand. I want you to grab a neighbor by the hand. We're going to pray for about five minutes. Garnett is going to lead us in prayer. For the Lord to begin... To- and the reason why this is important, you all, is that there are positions. You can come up, Garnett. You can come up here. There, there are positions and thrones in heaven. That God, there, there are positions that are meant to be occupied by the children of men. And these are positions that we're supposed to work alongside. One of the things the Lord revealed unto his servants is that one of the reasons why there has been more time seemingly added to the planet is because God has not found anyone worthy to fulfill, to fill the spots that he has to be able to run stuff for eternity. The Bible says we will what? Rule and reign with Christ. They have top level positions that must be filled because when God wraps it up, nothing can change. So they got, this sounds crazy. They got to fill all the positions because when they stop it, nothing else can be filled. Because the positions are reserved for those that have been born again. Whether you're young or old, black or white, male or female. God has a spot for you. And that's what's so cool. Whether you got a church or not, whether you got a business or not, you might be a garbage man working part-time and you might be homeless. But on the other side, you can live like a king. (laughs) Amazing. All right, let's begin to pray as Garnett leads us in prayer. Thank you, O Lord. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Glory to God. Just start by just repenting for the areas that we have missed it. Repenting for the things that we have done, the way we haven't listened to God, and doing our own things, going our own way. So, Father, we just come before you. We first of all thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word, to hear your heart, to hear.
hear what you have in store for those who desire to walk upright. So, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord. So we pray, Father, that you give us a heart of flesh that is repentive, that, Lord, we just, just say it with our mouth, but, Lord, our heart posture is toward you to be changed, to be transformed, to truly live for you, O God that when we enter the other side, we have a grand entrance, oh God. So we cry out to you this morning, and we say, oh God, creating us clean hearts, oh God. Renew a right spirit within us, oh God. Change our heart motives if it's not aligning in what you desire for us to do, oh God. We cry out for your mercy, oh God, and we thank you for extended time so we can get it right. Father, we pray that you give us a burn in desire, a passionate pursuit to know you intimately, O oh God. So we pray, Father Matthew, the chapter of Matthew over our lives, you said to seek first your kingdom, O oh God. So repent for every year in our lives that we weren't seeking you first. We repent for every year in our lives that we weren't designed to change, to be transformed into the image of your Son. So Father, as we pray this morning, we cry out to you for your mercy. We cry out to you for your grace. We cry out to you for your empowerment, knowing that we cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it by just this deciding that we are going to do it, but that's the first step. But we recognize that it's you that is in us that give us the will and the power and the desire and the energy and the force to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. So Father, we stir up the gift that is within us this morning, oh God. And we thank you for the fire that is burning off every form of laziness, every form of complacency, every form of distraction. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the burning fire that is consuming our lives this moment, burning off every form of idiosyncrasy, every form of complacency, every form of laziness. We call forth for your fire in this place so God, to burn off every child of laziness, every form of unforgiveness, every form of bitterness, every device of the enemy that trick us to go down the wrong path, to be distracted by social media, to be distracted by what is going on in the world. So Father, we call out to you, God. We pray for an incision in our hearts, that our hearts will yearn for you, yearn for you, that our we have a hunger and a thirst and a burning yearning to know you more that like Paul said that we may know you and the power of your resurrection recognizing that as we know you Lord we thank you for your force behind what we do to cause us to be victorious on every side so that we can give you and you alone all the glory honor and praise so father we stronghold of pride in our lives, every stronghold that hindering us, every weight that hindering us from moving forward, oh God. So we come against those strongholds, even in our home, that cause us to not want to pursue your God. We pray for your fire to burn off every form of darkness from our lives, oh God. And we pray that your light will break forth into our life, dispelling every form of darkness, dispelling every truth. 
drawing nigh unto us. You said if we ask, we shall receive. So our joy will be filled. So we ask for fresh grace. We ask for fresh mercy. We ask, oh God, for the resources of heaven to be poured out upon our lives. So we can live in your word. So we can walk in the spirit. So we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we can pray in the Holy Ghost. Building ourselves up. Praying on our most holy faith. Walking in the love of God. And being empowered by your spirit. So Father we come against every form of condemnation. We pray that condemnation will be broken from our mind. We pray Father that the legalities will be shattered from our life. And we'll be in a pursuit to know you intimately. To have an intimate relationship with you. That is based oh God on our experience with you. That we can truly know you in an intimate way. So we can know you. That we have knowledge that rooted and grounded in our personal experience. Not even what others say, oh God. So we pray that you take us deeper. You take us deeper still. We pray, Father, for the great awakening in our hearts. Great awakening in our soul. A great awakening in our mind. So our hearts will burn for you. That nothing in this planet will be satisfying to us. That we desire you, O oh God. That even our dreams, we pray you give us a desire to pursue you. As you give us, O oh God, dreams and vision. Expand our scope. Expand our vision. Expand our perception. That we recognize what is real. That we no longer look to the things that we see, O oh God. But we elevate ourselves by looking unto things the way you see it, that we live for eternity, so we can have our grand entrance, oh God. So we ask for fresh fire. We ask for freshness. We ask, oh God, you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. So we thank you for the cleansing by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that your blood is cleansing, is purging us right now, God. And you infusing us with new life. You infusing us with new fire. You infusing us with your empowerment. Oh God, to take us to higher heights in you. To take us to deeper depths in you. So we come against every form of spiritual complacency. That it will be broken from our lives and from the body of Christ. That will be broken from lion heart. That will not be caught up in dead works of God. But as you calling us intimately, as you call us individually, that we will know you intimately. So no longer we'll be able to hear someone say, do this or do that. But we think you'll be led by your spirit and know exactly what to do. As you call us, as you call us, we'll answer. As you invite us into a deeper place, we will go. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we will go where you send us and will do what you call us to do. So quicken us according to your word and cause the eyes of our understanding to be flooded with light. So we know your length, your depth, and 
the breath of your love that passes all understanding, that you awaken the purpose that you place on the inside of us, that we will know what you call us to do, that we will start by being transformed into the image of your son, we'll start by knowing who you are, we'll start by growing in our relationship with you, we'll start by being obedient to the last thing you told us to do, we'll start by living a lifestyle of worship, we'll start by living a lifestyle of obedience, we'll start by living a life of submission and full surrender to you, oh God, that as you show us, we will do, as you reveal Jesus to us, we reveal it to the planet, we pray, oh God, that you help us to stay focused, keeping our eyes fixed on the prize, keeping our eyes fixed on the altar and the finisher of our faith, so we ask for fresh fire, we ask, oh God, for outpouring of your spirit like never before, we ask for fresh baptism of your fire, oh God, we thank you that your promises are yes and amen, so you said if we ask, we shall receive, if we knock, it shall be open, so give us the tenacity, oh God, to continue to knock until it's open, to continue to ask, until we receive, we thank you, Lord, that we run it through every wall, every barricade, and we leap it over every wall, so we can walk into the destiny that you have for us, oh God, so restore up the gifts in us, come on, saints, come on, saints, stir up the fire within you, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Shout if you believe that we're going to get everything back that the devil stole. Everything comes back 